What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's Houston Open. We will look at the outright market. We'll check out some head-to-head matchups, and we will consider our one and done place for this week because I know a lot of you have some one and done selections to be made. Uh, I was just doing a little bit of reflecting after the Victor Hovland win last week, and hey, I'm happy to toot my own horn here for a second. Uh, we've had a pretty good run, you know, between. Victor and uh, Hideki at Zozo and Sam Burns earlier in the swing season and even dating back to some of the bigger wins with Cam Davis and Cam Champ and then the close calls with Russell Henley and Harris English last year. I mean, it's just been it's been a really good run. And I think the, the point I'm trying to make is this is all data driven, guys. It's not you, I, I'm not like in touch with, you know, uh, the the golf gods or anything like that. A lot of this is data-driven and finding value, and that's exactly what we're going to look at today. If you are not a member of rickrungood.com, I highly encourage you uh, to join, obviously. Um, if you want to win a subscription, so I give away two subscriptions each and every week. Sometimes I forget to mention it on this show. But if you like this video, make sure you're subscribed to the channel comment below with who you think is going to win the Houston Open. That's one way to get entered. The other way and uh, the way that I will be forever indebted to you would be to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, leave me your Twitter handle. Um, that's that's valuable for content creators like myself. Um, okay, otherwise, let's jump into the outright market for this week. This is the Tournament Predictor Tool. Uh, this event has been simulated 1,000 times, and there are... There's a surprising yet not surprising name at the top. Sam Burns leads the way, and he's basically in a class of his own. He won my simulations 7.2% of the time. Uh, So the next closest golfer was 4.3%. That was Sung J.M. Am I surprised to see Sam Burns up here? No. Am I surprised to see the gap this large? Probably. Uh, But I get it. Right. So so I've I've spent this week, I've spent this year really trying to illustrate how good Sam Burns is. I, I wrote him up months ago for Golf Digest as one of the guys who is going to make you money in 2022, essentially saying this is going to be a breakout uh time for Sam Burns because he just he just has everything, right? He he has all the tools of the modern player. He has the ability to hit his upside uh, seemingly more than most taps into the ceiling. He is long off the tee. He is a great approach player. He's a very good putter. When you put him on Bermuda grass, he's even better. Uh, That's his best surface by far. The last five times he's played on Bermuda, he's won twice. It's just, he's got it all going on right now. Last 24 rounds, he's second to only John Rahm. In strokes gain total, uh, John Rahm is not in this field, right? So it, it's just everything going in the direction of Sam Burns. If that wasn't enough, he's played here once last year. Or technically, only uh, everyone in this field has played here only once at Memorial Park. He finished, I want to say seventh. Yes, tied for seventh. Um, it, it's just all in favor of Sam Burns, and we're going to see this countless times through the through. Hopefully, the next couple of years. I I really just think he projects out to be um, a really elite star in the making. Now, the more interesting thing is um, if you are uh, 
looking to bet Sam Burns, you hopefully can shop this. Hopefully you're in a place where uh, you can get access to a couple of different books because at 7.2% of the simulation wins, he is still not a value at DraftKings where he's 12 to 1. He is a fair price, a small bit below a value. Uh, but if you can get him at BetMGM or PointsBet, he's a value there. If the 14 to 1. If you can get him at Caesars, even better there, 16 to 1 larger value, but FanDuel's got the best number on him right now. And FanDuel, quite honestly, has been very, very competitive recently. I wonder if they're trying to break into uh, some of this golf betting market, but they've been very competitive on their lines lately. 18 to 1 for Sam Burns. Um, So if you can get to FanDuel, if you can get your bet in there, that'd be great. Uh, If you go to rickrungood.com slash bets, that is, uh, you can see all the offers for all the books that I have available. Uh, Arizona should be like a day away. I hope to be up and running in Louisiana as well. There's uh, Illinois, Indiana, Jersey, I think is on there. So there's some more states. You can check it out. There's a lot of free bets going on. Uh, Sung JM and Aaron Wise are the only two golfers in the 4% range of uh, my simulated outcomes with Carlos Ortiz finishing fourth at 3.7% of the time, winning it, and Adam uh, and Matthew Wolf, excuse me, winning it 3.6% of the time. A uh, couple of noteworthy things. Uh, those outcomes make Wise and Ortiz uh, pretty strong values across the board because they're basically 30 to 35 to 1 uh, across the industry. Now, what will my card end up looking like? Um, I think there's a couple of, of notable. So so likely Sam Burns at the top, especially if I can get him in that 16 to 18 range. Uh, then I don't mind living in the 30s. The 30s is a really good, historically it's a really good range, right? That 20 to 50 range, it, it wins disproportionately more than it should. Uh, and I think that's just because of the nature of golf and the way that books don't want to get burned on the best players in the field, so they make them shorter than they should be. I could have a master class about that. It's a long conversation, but 20 to 50 uh, certainly outperforms what you would expect it to. So I'm happy to live in the 30s. Uh, Aaron Wise trending, Carlos Ortiz, I don't mind, even Joaquin Neiman, um, who didn't do as well in my simulations, but he's living there in the 30s as well. That's always exciting. But uh, my card probably looks something like Burns, two of the guys in the 30s, and then Russell Henley. Uh, Henley is, I, I love this. Henley was going to make my card no matter what. Uh, the simulation said it didn't, it didn't matter. The fact that he won 3.2% of them, uh, the same number as Scotty Scheffler, the same number as Adam Scott, the same number as Cam Smith. And that is by far uh, probably the best value on the board. Maybe Mito, but Mito has such a smaller sample size. His numbers are more volatile. But Russell Henley, 45 to 1 in most places, 50 to 1 at points bet. Let me put this into perspective for you. Um, so I write it, I contribute to an article on Golf Digest every single week where we make our, you know, expert picks. And you have to just pick a winner, one guy to win. And it's not like it's building out a card. It's not like it's, it's a really fun little exercise. Um, spoiler alert. Maybe I shouldn't spoil this. I'm going to spoil it. I went with Russell Henley this week. And the idea is I would normally never pick a guy who's 45 or 50 to 1 uh, in a format like that because you're just looking to pile up wins. You only get one bet at it. Value doesn't matter all that much. But value matters a lot here. And what we have with Russell Henley is a couple of interesting things. But the most interesting thing is... Uh, how he plays on basically the most unique aspect of Memorial Park, which is that it's a long par 70. And when you start putting uh, Russell Henley and really everyone in this field 
on long par 70. So par 70, 7,250 yards or longer. We sort by strokes gain total. Look at the names. Matthew Wolf, Taylor Pendrith, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler. Those all make sense, right? Russell Henley is next. Russell Henley gaining 1.3 strokes per round. More than, well, more than anybody with uh, 45 rounds played. Second to only Brooks with 40 of guys with 40 or more rounds played. He's played 52 rounds. It's a lot. Look at some of these finishes. Um, you know, these are all. A lot of them are very strong fields, right? Because you get the U.S. Open, you get uh, BMW Championship, PGA Championship. He's never lost strokes to the field. He's got a bunch of top five finishes, or top 10 finishes, I should say, top 15 finishes. This is a really good sign. And the fact that um, his value, his price is so much longer than some of these other guys makes this just like an absolute auto-click. Further down the board, uh, I thought Homa was interesting. I will also certainly opt for uh, Jason Kokrak, 50-1. to This is, on paper, this should be a perfect spot for Kokrak. You know, he is long and very good with the driver. He's a great putter. He has not played well recently. I'm hoping that uh, he's been able to figure something out since he was here in Vegas for the CJ Cup. Um, This this is much more of a flyer, but 50-1... to in this field, which isn't super great, it's fine, it's whatever, but the the course fit on paper should be perfect for Kokrak. So 50 to 1, certainly not going to pass that up. And then I'll probably round out my card with, I think Lonto's interesting. What we have with Lonto is, is um, a guy who's won this event, but not at this golf course. Remember that, so don't, don't, don't confuse that. But We've got two good starts from Lonto in a row, and one of them at the Shriners was measured in which he was classic Lonto. Great on approach, great with the putter. That's perfect. Played well at the Zozo Championship, so a sixth and a seventh place finish at those two events. We don't have the breakdown of the metrics from the Zozo. If we assume it was something closer to Shriners, something closer to his DNA, that's very exciting. That is That means that there is plenty of winning upside finally back on Lonto, who is 50 or 60 to 1, depending on where you're looking. Um, outside of that, I will probably fire something on uh, Denny McCarthy. Denny McCarthy, depending on where you're looking, is like 180 to 1. Um, we're starting to see signs of life again. He's by far the best putter on the planet on Bermuda grass. He's got, you know, Three out of his last four starts have been pretty decent. I'm 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 liking what I'm seeing. So Denny McCarthy would be someone that I would fire in there as well. Um, there is also uh, certainly the idea of backing up a lot of these with with kind of my own built-in each ways, right? So if I'm betting Denny McCarthy at 180 to one to win, am I backing it up with a top ten at probably like 18 to one or something like that? The answer is generally always yes, uh, because that is. That is how you'll make money. I've got a um, a video coming out about that, um, hopefully soon, where I kind of do a little bit of a, a statistical data breakdown of how you should be allocating your units, even if it is, you know, half a half of the unit you want to bet on uh, on an outright, and then the other half on a top five, top ten. So I've got a couple of interesting data nuggets that I'll be um, hopefully putting the finishing touches on and getting out to you very shortly. But let's turn our attention over to the uh, the head to head market because this is uh, the bread and butter if you you know want to be making money in in golf wagering. So uh, this is the 
head-to-head matchup tool on rickrungood.com. You pick any two golfers, you type in the time frame that you want to look at them, and it tells you the likelihood that one is going to win the four-round matchup over the other. Okay, uh, DraftKings has a couple of Taylor Gooch matchups that I'm dying to throw into the simulator because Gooch has been so darn good. Uh, let's, so one of them is Gooch versus Finau. So the time frame I'm doing right now is the start of 2021. At this point, that might be too much. We'll see. Um, so the start of 2021, Tony Finau uh, is the favorite, winning this 56% of the time. He's minus 130. DraftKings has this as... Minus 110 on both sides. Uh, so that's not quite a bet for either one of those guys, in my opinion. Maybe a lean towards the female side. But look where these lines cross over. This is a really kind of interesting perspective. Let me, yeah. Look, the more recent we go, can I get can I get to the point where Gooch becomes a favorite? Oh, I guess I never do. They get much closer, but Gooch has been... Now, I never I can never get Gooch to be a favorite here. I thought if I went much more recent, I could get Gooch to be a favorite. It closes up a little bit, but it's Finau the entire way. Probably not close enough to even matter. Let's try the other one. Let's try Gooch over Hatton. And again, this is both of them are minus 110. Yeah, so this is much more favorable to Gooch. Uh even in the longer term. Let's go back to the start of 2021, which was the original time frame. What do I have here? I have Gooch winning this. Yeah, significant amount of the time. Uh, 61%. He's minus 161. So this is probably the bet that I would make here. It's also interesting because uh, what are the styles of player uh, for these guys? Uh, Gooch has been recently much, much, much more consistent, while Hatton has historically been a very volatile golfer. Uh, Hatton is a T2, miscut, ninth, 72nd, win, 54th, type of guy, Gooch has uh, turned himself a little bit into a lot of top 25s. Recently here, his last four starts have all been T11s. That consistency is valuable in matchups because uh, you're never really or, 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 or very irregularly are you burning yourself with a miscut or a really bad finish. Hatton, unfortunately, does not have uh, the luxury of avoiding burning himself. So Gooch here, 61% of the time. I have him at minus 161. He's minus 110, so that's going to be a click. This one caught my attention. Scotty Scheffler versus Sungjae. Um, I do not know what to expect here. I would assume Sungjae's a favorite, but Scotty's been pretty darn good. Okay, wow. Yeah, this is uh, dead even. I have Scotty Scheffler winning this one 50.6% of the time. Now, he's minus 120 at DraftKings. The Sungjae is plus 100, so you can't really bet uh, either of these because the VIG VIG really ruins this, but I was expecting... uh, I actually don't know what I was expecting. Let's try a couple more. Let's try Neiman over Adam Scott. Because Neiman had a stretch. Yeah, okay. So, this is pretty interesting. I have Neiman winning this 58% of the time. Minus 140. He is minus 110 at DraftKings. So, this is pretty significant. Adam Scott's been generally fine, right? All year. Um, Neiman's been a bit more peaks and valleys, but hangs in there quite a bit. 58%. 58%. Wow. What is it if we do a little bit more recent? Flips to Adam Scott. Well, no, definitely flips to Adam Scott. Flips to Adam Scott much more recently. So if you're, yeah, because here's here's the big, here's the spike from Adam Scott. 
uh, in his last start. So much more recent, you're looking at Adam Scott being on the correct side of this. If you go for the full year or longer term, uh, Neiman is drastically undervalued, which is the way that I prefer, which the way that I prefer to do this. I forgot to mention, and I apologize for this. Uh, I was going to talk about Brooks Kepka, and I completely forgot to do it. Um, Brooks Kepka in the outright market, which is probably the only place that I would consider ever having exposure to him, won 3% of uh, my simulations. And while he is uh, 28 to 1 or 30 to 1, and I know a lot of people get off, you know, foaming from the mouth when a guy crosses to another another pricing level. Oh, he got to 30. It's an auto bet. Um, I have generally avoided that uh, for Brooks Kepka here recently. Um, if there was a time to do it, I'd probably do it this week. The there's a couple of things that he has going for him. Um, and I meant the reason I meant to mention him is because uh, he's he's really the king of these long par 70s, right? That the the, the one where Henley stood out, Kepka's really the king of these. And it makes sense because a lot of them are major championships. Uh, really, the only place that has been as kind of his kryptonite has been Eastlake at the tour championship. But this is um, this is seemingly a, a favorable course for his skill set, which is be longer off the tee. Bermuda is his best putting surface. You know, we can pull up his golfer profile. Um, the fact, I mean, he hasn't played well. That's why his number is thirty to one, right? There, there'd be there'd be no other way to get him to this number other than he's just not played well. Uh, but he's still gaining a bunch of strokes off the tee consistently each and every week. The putter is hit or miss, probably around a neutral putter, but he's been, um, uh, you know, Bermuda is his best surface. The approach play, not as good recently, but we've seen him put it together at times. So I don't know. To me, um, I'm not one of those like auto, super auto bet guys when Brooks gets to 30, but this is probably the most excited I'd be. Not super excited, like a 5.5 out of 10. But I, I'm i more excited here than I was in other places. One and done. Um, I'm just going to roll out Sam Burns here. Yeah, so so as, as, as much as I love Sam Burns and I'm very, very excited about him and he's playing well. Um, there is, there are sometimes this thing that happens where you go from the fall portion and then it's the five weeks off and you get to January and get to February and then everybody starts playing again. And some of these guys start to get lost in the shuffle. I am not, um, I'm not necessarily concerned that that's going to happen to Sam Burns. He contended at uh, Tory and he contended at Riviera and uh, he finally got it done at what Val Spar? No, Valero. I always confuse these two. He finally got it done at no Val Spar. I was right the first time. Finally got it done at Val Spar. Um, I'm not concerned. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a little bit concerned, right? That he kind of gets lost in the shuffle when we go to the new year and there's just going to be a lot more players and bigger tournaments and if he can't keep the four, it's just. I'm just going to use him here, right? I, I think he's I think he's the best player in the field. I think he can win it. I think the prize purse is big enough. Um, I'm happy to use him here, but I'm still very bullish about him moving forward. Um, the other guys, uh, I, I would not mind. I, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to kind of be maybe flavor of the week because of the good run that he had uh, last week. That's fine. It's whatever. Texas guy. I know it's he's from Dallas and this is in Houston, but uh, still a little Texas angle. And then the, um, the guy who's probably going to fly completely under the radar here is, is Cam Smith, uh, who you are getting at uh, one of the, you know, three shortest odds on the board. Um, he has been 
great when he's played. Hasn't played a lot, but when he does, he plays great. All of these great results, top 10 at Summit Club, runner-up at Northern Trust, 10th at the Olympics, 5th at St. Jude, much more difficult uh, fields, deeper fields than this. I think you're going to need to rely on the short game and the putting a little bit this week. Uh, Cam Smith is probably the low-owned, one-and-done kind of leverage play that you're not really saving anywhere. Where would you be saving him? Uh, to defend at Zurich with Mark Leishman? No thanks. Like, I, I just, th- this seems like a very easy spot to roll. Like, Sony, maybe you'd save him for Sony. Now now I'm deep in, yeah, I mean, he won Sony two years ago. I'm Now I'm deep in Cam Smith's, uh, you know, course history here. Yeah, I mean, it's here, Sony, seemingly for Cam Smith, and you're probably going to get somebody better at Sony, so I'm not too concerned about it. Um, okay. That shall do it. Uh, tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. I don't know, do all the things like subscribe, sign up for rickrungood.com. Have a good day. Eat your vegetables. You know, all the things. See ya.